Blog Talk Radio. Welcome again to the Perkins Platform. Uh, we are a, a talk show uh, dedicating about 30 minutes every month to issues, contemporary issues in uh, education leadership. And I'm your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, today, we have um, a special guest with us, uh, Ms. Louise Dubay, who is the executive director of iCivics. Welcome, Louise. Thank you so much, Brian. Delighted to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. And to our listening audience of about 5,000 strong, uh, welcome back. We're glad you joined us again. And to our new listeners uh, who might be joining us for the first time, we're glad that you're here as well. And so, uh, Louise, I am so delighted to have you um, today. Our show uh, really is focused in on why civics education is more important than ever before. Uh, the political discourse that's going on um, in our country right now, we're getting ready to head to the polls uh, in just a couple of months. Um, and there's a lot of talk about um, um, civics education and, and preparing children to be participants in our uh, democracy. And so I just wanted to invite you to the show and thankful that you agreed to come on the show and share with us a little bit about what you do. And so tell us a little bit about iCivics and, and what your mission uh, is for, for your program. Thank you for the opportunity, Brian. It, it's uh, a pleasure to be with you and your audience. Um, yeah, I think uh, we've seen here at iCivics uh, an incredible interest uh, at this particular time uh, in this national conversation heading uh, to the election in civic education. I do think that people are recognizing that whatever we've done so far just hasn't been enough, um, and this decline in civic education, which I can talk about more, uh, but which is real and uh, and very serious, um, has really hurt us. Um, and so we at iCivics have that mission uh, to um, make sure that every kid, every student in America um, has gone through a rigorous civic education program. Uh, we are the largest civics provider in the country. Um, and the reason we are is well, there's a basic reason we're we're free, <laughs> so everything we do is free um, and available to to every student. Um, and um, but what we try to do is to make sure that we teach civics, which is really can be abstract, complicated, um, doesn't really feel real sometimes to kids. Uh, we teach that um, through video games and through active learning. So our kids uh, go through uh, in the classroom, we work through uh, the formal school system, and we have uh, 19 games online that they can go to. They click on the game, it's very, very simple, and they start playing and they start to learn about how the three branches of government work, 
um, how our system of laws works, how the electoral process works, and how our county budgeting uh, process works, all of these topics in civics that are really important to be a fully engaged um, American citizen. So the way that civics has been taught in the past is really more like um, a worksheet where somebody is asked, you know, how many branches of government are there? And then they fill in the little boxes. Um, now, that means absolutely nothing to the kids, right? They, they, they will probably score well on that little test, but they, they will not understand a thing about our democracy afterwards. Uh, when they play our games, uh, something different happens. We ask questions like, can a principal look inside your backpack? Now, that's a question that the kid understands, right, as something that's relevant to him. Um, it's a constitutional question, and they have opinions about this. So they play the game. It's very exciting. The game has, you know, gaming elements. They're used to doing that. Um, but more importantly, even after, the, the teacher can have a conversation. Um, she can facilitate a whole class discussion on this topic. Right? What do you think? Do you think that that uh, that um, uh, was the right, correct decision by the Supreme Court? Um, what happened? Uh, why would that be? Who uh, is this a federal law? Is it a, a state law? And so on and so forth. So um, I think the games and all of our materials, and we have 130 lesson plans online uh, and growing every day, um, are uh, just a, the opening of a conversation inside the classroom. There are ways to teach in bipartisan ways. Um, for uh, all of kids. And so as a result, we've grown extremely fast, and we now have uh, four, we taught about 4 million kids last year all across the country, and we're growing at about 20% a year. Um, so um, lots of interest in civics right now. Uh, we think we'll hit 5 million kids this year. Wow, that's wow. really large. Um, I, I, want, I, I want us to drop back just for a moment, if we can. I, you, you have some very uh, um, powerful um, beginnings of iCivics. You want to share with the audience about how you started and who started it? Yes, and I think that's one of the most um, exciting part of iCivics. This really was the dream and is the dream and the legacy of Sandra Day O'Connor. Uh, obviously, Sandra Day O'Connor was the first woman on Supreme Court appointed by Ronald Reagan, um, and um, she's been a trailblazer her whole life. Um, but people don't understand that uh, when Sandra Day O'Connor came out of law school, she couldn't get a job, um, and she had a real hard time. Um, she then became a state legislature. Her whole career is about service, service to our country. Um, and so when she retired from the bench, um, she started saying to herself, you know, I'm seeing some trends here that I think show um, that kids don't understand how our system is supposed to work. And mm -hmm. our schools were really designed originally to teach about civics, right? That was the original mission of our school system. And she thought we got away from that. Um, and she started to look around and say, okay, what can I do about this? Because she's the trail is. She, she's used to, you know, doing things um, her own way that nobody's ever done before. Um, and so she had a lot of um, help from her colleagues and um, her clerks, and um, they started to, to investigate what had happened in civic education. 
Um, and we really have seen a pattern of um, schools, um, in many ways for good reasons, focusing on uh, core subjects, right, math, ELA, uh, those things, even science or STEM now, um, for great reasons. But I think that the fact that social studies might be harder to to um, measure doesn't take away from the fact that it's so very important. And she knew that, and she wanted to make sure that we could teach kids about civics in a way that would be relevant to them. So mm. they went around, they looked around at, at a lot of different things, and, and she watched, and we have the picture from that day when she watched the son of her clerk, Professor Julie O'Sullivan, who teaches at uh, Georgetown Law School, um, playing a video game. And when she saw that, she thought, that's it. That's the way to get them, that, that this generation is digital first and that they are uh, – um, they, we have to teach them where they are within that environment, that unless I'm able to reach their engagement, to get them into the story, um, we're not going to be able to reach those kids. So um, they started looking into that. They hooked up with uh, Professor Jim G. from um, Arizona State University, probably the leading light in educational gaming. Um, he's on our board. He's just a fantastic um, uh, human being and, and a contributor. Um, and he really set us on this path. And um, from there, uh, we've partnered with a game design company called Filmic Games. And we've then since produced 19 games uh, covering the entirety of the middle school uh, civics curriculum. And we are now expanding into high school. Uh, Justice O'Connor uh, remains incredibly actively involved with us. Um, she's our chair emeritus of our board still. Um, and um, she says that uh, uh, iCivics is her greatest legacy, um, which is highly debatable given that her, her legacy, legal legacy. Uh, but, you know, we're very proud to carry on her work. And um, and in addition to that, uh, uh, Justice Sotomayor, Sonia Sotomayor, uh, joined our board now uh, last year and carrying on the legacy from the Supreme Court uh, for this issue of civic education, which is really uh, fundamental um, to our being able to have a healthy democracy. Excellent, excellent. And uh, I, I did also have the opportunity to meet uh, Justice O'Connor several years ago uh, when I was on the board of directors for the National School Boards Association. And so I also had heard the story about her inability to get a job as a, uh, as a, a lawyer, although she was a Stanford Law graduate. So um, uh, it was a time, an interesting time in our nation's history. Um, I am uh, really also interested in hearing a little bit um, about your organization's approach to civics that um, the one question I got from, from a lot of people who um, heard about the upcoming show, um, I get the, the question. So what exactly, when you say civics education, what is that exactly? What, what does that look like? Is that teaching children um, uh, about how a bill becomes a law, or is that about uh, the differences in the major political um, uh, political parties? Is it about the political structure? What exactly 
would you would you describe or how would you describe uh, civics education to the novice? Yeah, so that's a good question. We get that a lot. Um, so I think it's all of the things that you talked about. It covers a variety of uh, different things, um, but it includes mainly how our democracy uh, was built from the ground up, so including the history of how our country came together, the road to the Constitution, um, our Constitution, um, all of the um, Bill of Rights, uh, how uh, our system works in terms of each branch of government, um, how the rule of law works, the major cases in the Supreme Court, um, the balance of powers, between the federal and the state and local governments and uh, how those political processes work. Um, so that's the, the scope of what we're trying to teach kids. It's somewhat facts, but mostly system, right? How these things interact together, how, you, how power is um, uh, gotten, acquired, shared, collaborated on, what those balances are, those checks and balances, um, and how just how our system works. So I will um, give you one example um, that is very relevant to the discussion now. Um, so we, you know, obviously we're going towards the election, um, and there are many, many ways to teach the elections in the classroom. Lots of teachers are afraid of doing it because it's gotten to be such a partisan environment, and um, they're afraid that um, repercussions may be had if, if some topics come up. So what we try to do, we built a game called Win the White House. Our Win the White House, we just released an, a new version for this year. Our Win the White House, uh, the child, the student runs his own campaign. So the student becomes a, uh, creates a candidate. That candidate runs for a primary election um, and selects their issues, selects the evidence to support their platform, and then um, tries to win the primary. Um, by appearing in um, different uh, venues, different states. Um, and then they run the campaign and over week, over week, over week, um, and try to influence by uh, fundraising in a particular state or putting in an appearance in another state or uh, raising money in, in yet another state. And you play the game like that until you win or lose. Mm -hmm. So at the end of this process, kids understand how the election really works, right? There is no way if you were to run even your own election campaign in your own classroom to understand all the different nuances of how they, all of these things play together. And so at the end of this process, kids write to us and they say things like, well, by playing the White House, when the White House, I learned that it's more important to target purple states because you can really swing them and that it's more important to target larger states because they have more electoral votes. <laughs> and I think that's the kind of learning we're really after. We're not after just tell me, you know, we, we want them to know they're 435 representatives, but we don't, that's, that's only the surface level. We really want them to understand how these things really work so they can have a sure. conversation and be participants. Sure. Sure. And, and so I hear you um, going in the direction that a lot of uh, 
educators would also say is the experiential learning that they are engaged. They are, in, and for lack of better words, it's a simulation exercise. Um, I, I wonder also, though, if you could speak just a little bit about, um, so there, obviously there's a lot that happens, and not just in this election, but in, in, that has happened previously. Do you, do you ever have, as a part of your program, uh, the kind of the, the here and now? Here's what's happening. You know, how to make this real, how to help them make sense out of what is really happening in the public forum, um, people talking about it and how, uh, whether it is uh, someone taking um, a, um, a protest on a professional, uh, sp- in professional sports that we hear that are about protesting uh, government, uh, which is also a, a, a primary uh, civics lesson um, but um, also but about what is really happening in our current election process. So, so yeah. could you tell us a little bit about how you, if you do, address current issues, current, um, current controversies even in um, civics? Yeah, so I would turn um, that question back to your educator audience. Um, so what we find is that the topic of controversial issues is incredibly important, right? I think um, there's been a very um, wonderful book written by Diana Hess recently uh, about this topic, and, and it is uh, directly related to whether uh, students will feel engaged with our democracy going long term. So for us at iCivics, we 100% um, support the teaching of controversial issues. The issue, I think, for us is that it is something that, educators uh, need cover for, right, uh, is very, very hard to do. Um, they need uh, professional development training. They need support from their principals um, and their superintendents to do so um, because of the politically charged environment that we live in. So what we try to do um, is to uh, we provide these game guides in which uh, kids play our games, but we encourage um, that game to only be the beginning of a conversation that is steeped into an actual real live issue. And then we help uh, teachers be able to have those conversations, to be able to promote civil discourse uh, between the students, because that's really where um, the essential of our the essence of a democracy happens, right, that you can have a conversation with somebody you disagree with on a very important issue and yet walk away feeling uh, enlivened by the conversation. Um, that, I think, is primarily a professional training, a professional learning opportunity for educators that needs support at, at the administration level. Uh, we have a lot of action civics resources that encourage kids to take what they know, for example, about building a county budget and then get out in the community and try to see how they can change something in their community. We believe that those small efforts uh, lead to long-term engagement between students and, and their communities, leading up to these controversial issues, which are, we work mainly at the uh, middle school level, we're expanding into high school now. Uh, controversial issues usually start more or less at the end of middle school, more in high school. 
Um, and I really think it's it's about teachers feeling comfortable and be able to do it and having the training to do so. Um, and we we completely support that. Um, it's not within our games, but outside of the game. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Uh, we have uh, to our uh, listeners who may have joined us late. Uh, we have Miss Louise Dubay, who is the executive director of iCivics, uh, talking to us today about the importance of civics education. They have a civics education initiative that uh, integrates gaming and, and computer play uh, to help um, students understand the importance of uh, civics and civic participation. Um, Louise, they're, they're, you know, as you were talking and, and mentioned about uh, how the, the teachers are, are integral to working this this process um, for students to gain understanding about um, uh, how to be a participant. Uh, do you have as a part of your program um, where the, the students are, are, you mentioned that they are engaged in some cases about controversial issues, but um, where, where they are taught the kind of the the contrasting opinions uh, that are currently being being um, discussed uh, fairly widely when they let's say taking it straight from the headlines, things that are said and and done um, in right now, what they overhear at the dinner table, what they what they um, may misunderstand. Do you ever um, talk about those? issues and those, is there a part of your process to integrate those conversations? So what we try to do, um, it would be hard for us to have a um, sort of a live day-by-day uh, -day, uh, controversy, which we seem to uh, certainly have these days. Um, but what we try to do is to build the skills in our students so that they um, can debate these issues through a process that encourages civil discourse. So what we want, what we try to do, we have a game called Argument Wars, for example, where kids have to, um, they have to lay out their arguments on behalf of something, um, and then they have to find evidence um, in, uh, and, and find the best evidence for a proposition. Uh, that kind of process uh, is um, really the essence of being able to debate in a civil manner. Uh, we have a tool called Drafting Board. In that tool, we use these kinds of very um, relevant uh, topics, uh, like can, I, can you wear a t-shirt that is offensive uh, in school, and, and, um, and ask you to write an essay, an argumentative essay, about that, why you feel that way. But at each point, we will challenge you to find evidence for your for your hypothesis, right? So if you say, uh, I'm, I'm entitled to have anything I want on my T-shirt because of the First Amendment, well, we have to find in the First Amendment why, what are the cases, what, where, where, why do you say what you say, right? Um, so that, that's really how we, we're trying to build those fundamental critical thinking skills and, and um, uh, uh, argumentative uh, essay skills so that the students can take up these issues that are day-to-day, -day, uh, anything in the headlines. What we find is that our teachers are looking for those resources where we can help them have those conversations every day. 
Um, but um, as I said before, they need the cover, they need the, the safety net um, for their community to support that, right? So we have an educator network. We have about 30 um, just leading educators around the country. Uh, we facilitate those um, educators to talk to their networks and uh, go on to uh, web chats or, um, you know, a lot of different events, and they help other teachers um, know how to handle those conversations in the classroom. So, you know, here's what I did. I used that issue. When it got too heated, I, I did this, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, we also have, for example, in our uh, Supreme Decision um, game, we have major, um, we have the major cases, um, you know, um, all, all sorts of uh, cases from the Supreme Court that every, every student should know. And what we do is we take uh, uh, cases from the headlines today and try to say, oh, okay, um, now that you know the law and you understand, how does it apply to this new case that has a new twist and um, encourage the kids uh, to, to play the game in pairs or threes so that they can talk together and then after that with their teacher as a whole class. Um, and we find that that's very, very successful because I think that once the kids are anchored in actual knowledge about something, it gets to be less about um, black versus white in um, in terms of arguments. You know, um, I'm uh, uh, for abortion or against abortion. It, it, it's less about that, right? It's about um, trying to understand the nuances of a very wide range of uh, positions and being able to defend your positions. And that, I think, is how you elevate and you can handle these debates uh, about these controversial issues from every day. Um, right. And, and right. that's a, right. I think it's a helpful. I, I hope it's helpful to, to teachers, but they tell us it is. Yes. And, yeah. and you know, what you just described also uh, sounds like an excellent opportunity for both family, parent, community types of educational opportunities. So if you, um, if you have children learning about this in a way that uh, parents did not, did not. there may be some way to bring that into the home um, to do a, a, wider, uh, a wider influence uh, base. Um, do you have program are, or are parts of the program geared towards um, students sharing that sharing what they're learning with um, with their home and community. So I'll tell you, I, I started with iCivics because my son came home um, in fourth grade and his uh, teacher, Mrs. Brown, um, had assigned uh, when the White House in 2012 as a as a uh, homework. And he told me he wanted to go play a video game for homework, and I told him that, uh, frankly, that didn't sound right at all. And uh, I didn't think that that's what he would do, but I checked the homework, and it actually was. And so he went off and he played the game, and we got into a conversation, and then he has urged me to vote in every election, including the local election, which is, frankly, not entirely exciting sometimes. Sure, <laughs> um, sure. And so it really, I uh, totally 
totally believe um, that this can be uh, an opening discussion uh, for uh, families, and I do hope that they, um, that parents get involved in this. Um, so about half of our kids, after they were in, uh, exposed to it at school, end up playing at home uh, unprompted. So that's from a research study that we did. So they get the games at the at school, and then they go home, and we see them play. We actually see it on our um, uh, stats here, um, and they go home and they they play on their own. Um, and uh, but what I really have seen is that um, after that, it really perks up their ears about what's going on in the real world. Right? It, it's we're trying to open up uh, these uh, receptors in in their brains. Uh, and and when they hear something on the radio and they hear something on the TV when something that they say oh I know something about this right um, mm-hmm. and they talk to their parents and uh, you know it, it's a uh, it's very important it's very important for immigrant families it's very important for everyone um, to be feel part of this conversation um, so that that's what we hope we we are a very small staff um, there's only 11 of us and and there's uh, four or five million kids. So it's hard for us to support parents directly, um, but everything is free, and you can go and, and play on it at civics.org. Uh, and so we, we do hope um, that that uh, through the kids, parents will get involved. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much. Those of you who are uh, still with us, we have uh, Louise Dubay, who is the executive director of, of iCivics, and uh, we just had a great conversation on um, the importance of civics education. And so, Louise, we're really thankful that you um, came and shared this uh, magnificent program with us. Um, want to uh, encourage those of you who um, may be interested in seeing, learning more, go and look it up online. Um, uh, and, uh, Louise, you want to share your uh, website? Yes, it's um, icivics.org. It's very easy, I-C-I-V-I-C-S dot org. Thank you so much. Um, And uh, for next month, I want to invite uh, those of you who are inclined to do so to come back and join us um, next month on Wednesday, October the 19th at 2 p.m. We have uh, Mr. Sam Brinson, who's going to be calling in uh, from uh, Montevideo, Paraguay, who is a writer uh, who lives in Paraguay, uh, but um, writes about uh, what's happening um, all over. But uh, particularly, we're going to talk about um, his book, Connecting the Dots, um, uh, Learning, Technology, and Creativity. Um, and so we, we're looking forward to that time um, with him. And so again, uh, Louise, we want to thank you so much for coming in. And um, for our listeners, uh, go well, stay well. Thank you.